When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Stacy and Megan. <laughs> I said our names reverse. It's funny. Only to us. Welcome to this week's episode of What We're Cooking and Eating Now. These bi-weekly episodes are bite-sized digests of what we are feeding our families right now. We always include six recipes, sometimes more. You can turn these ideas into your meal plan for next week or... You can head on over to our free listeners community to get even more ideas on our weekly meal planning thread. Check out the free discussion board to get this week's links and more details about our supporting membership at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And I just want to say, for those of you who follow us on Instagram, we usually post a carousel of the things that we talk about in these episodes. And then we prompt you that if you want the links you should join the community. So I just want to be clear because I, sometimes I feel like people get a little confused. You have to join the free community to access the links. Yes, we're baiting you a little bit. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> but, but it's free. And all you give us is your email and we never share your email with anybody, our sponsors, nobody. It's literally me and Megan behind the scenes. And we don't even get, those just go straight into a database that we don't even have time Unless to look at. Unless you have at. any technical difficulties and then we will look up your email. Also, here's the thing. We say like, oh, you'll get this week's links. But actually, yes. once you join for free and you have access, it's a whole DAW. It's 18 months worth of what we're cooking and eating now links. So like, Meal plan ideas forever. Forever. Yes. We organize it by date. So if you heard a particular episode and you're like, that sounds good, you can just search for that date in the Google Doc and get the links. So I hope that clears things up and inspires you to join us. It's a very valuable free resource. Megan. Stacy, You've been traveling lots. So much fun stuff. So excited for you. What does that mean for what you've been cooking and feeding your family? What does it mean? That's a great question. I'm really going to overthink the answer. To this. <laughs> so what that really means is that while we're home, I am craving and cooking things that feel a little bit more nutrient dense. Like when we were at the beach, we were eating a lot of fried shrimp and french fries and hush puppies because we were on the Alabama coast. And then I was just in New Orleans where I was like drinking a lot of wine and eating a lot of delicious food with my friend Patty. And so without being like, oh, we're going to eat health food, I'm just gearing my what I'm already craving because it's like cold comfort food season towards things with like a little bit more fiber and vegetables in them. So as it, here's an example. Here's what I think is a good example. I swear that there was one day where I was scrolling on Instagram and like four people that I followed were like, oh, it's modern, proper tortellini soup season. And I was like, what 
does that even mean? Do we have like totally different feeds? I've never seen this and I don't know what it means either. It caught me off guard. And the couple of pictures that people shared, I was like, oh, that does look good. So Modern Proper is, I think, like a lifestyle website. I haven't really honestly spent that much time on it. I should probably look. Oh, it's a cooking website. I knew I know Modern Proper. Why did I think it was more lifestyle? Maybe the name implies that it's like, more things than just cooking. But here's the idea of this tortellini soup. It is like super easy tortellini with Italian sausage and kale. You cook garlic and onions. You add some canned tomatoes, some chicken broth, and then you cook the sausage and kale and the tortellini like in that broth. You add a little cream and Parmesan at the end. So like on the surface, that is nutrient dense enough for me with the kale and like um, the canned tomatoes. I feel like that's enough fiber. But I did also end up adding a can of white beans to this to just give it like a little bit more heft. Drained canned white beans. Drained canned white beans. And you didn't blend any of them in to make the no. broth. Thick. Okay. No, just I just wanted that. Mm-hmm. I feel like the broth was thick enough without doing that. I just wanted like more fiber. And if I'm going to be completely honest, maybe I was trying to be like a little bit sneaky about adding that fiber because mm-hmm. my kids will eat beans, but kale is questionable to them. Even though I did do like baby kale instead of chopped kale because I thought it would be a little bit more tender and just kept the whole leaves and then they can always like either eat around it or pick it out. This was a three out of four of us loved it. And you'll never guess who is the person. Brian. No. Emmett, my kid who usually doesn't complain. He loves everything. Was like, you know, I would have just rather eaten the tortellini. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, you know what this is bringing up for me? It does not actually apply because tortellini and brodo is like a classic Italian meal, right? Yes. Tortellini soup is a real thing. But <laughs> even though I recently said on the show that I've turned the corner on soups, I posted on my personal Instagram something that just delighted me so much and made me laugh so much. Where, I don't know, it was some TikTok where a young girl was like, you guys, you know how they say white people don't have cuisine? They do. It's soup. And then it I goes sent on it to you. Oh, you're the one who sent it to me. Yes. And everybody's like, you know what would make this lasagna better? Let's make it brothy. <laughs> hilarious. Because lasagna soup has always weirded me out. I know you, I say that respectfully. I'm sure it's delicious, Megan. I know you like it. But it's true, like... It's just a funny thing to me that in the never-ending quest to get that next viral recipe and to keep, you know, changing things up, people will take perfectly delicious and good dishes and turn them into soups. And I don't get it, nor do I really appreciate it, to be honest. And Emmett is bringing that energy to your soup. (laughs) He's like, just give me the tortellini, lady. Tortellini, but you know what? Well, first of all, I feel the need to defend myself and say (laughs) I would never like make lasagna soup on purpose. 
But I have had the experience of like having a weird volume of lasagna noodles to use up from like the rest of them being used for recipe testing. And so I have made lasagna soup in that context, but it is not a family favorite. But and part of the reason I sent you that reel or TikTok or whatever it was is because I was like, this is very real to me. There, There are many things that we turn into soup that do not need to be soup. I agree so hard. Okay, but tortellini but se- is yes. different. Second thing I need to say about this is there are is at least one, maybe two if I'm not wrong, threads in the community that are like, oh, you know, Megan and Stacey have mentioned tortellini in various episodes. Like, how do you make one package of tortellini, which is like seven or eight dollars right now, feed your whole family of four? And we've talked about the fact that like I have to do the family size now. And it's like starting to just barely be enough for the four of us. And like, it's better if it's just the three of us, like if Brian's traveling or something. But I was like, oh, this soup seems like a great way to make a package of tortellini more filling for a family of four. So then it was kind of disappointing when Emmett was like, (laughs) yeah, just give me the tortellini. Can I ask you the most important question about this meal? Did you serve any special bread? With I it? didn't. I it surprised like a meal myself that is screaming for special bread with no special bread. Okay, I know you, know. you can't always do it all. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Okay, then this relates to many episodes of what we're cooking and eating now from the past. I tried to delight Ella with enchiladas again. If you haven't listened to every What We're Cooking and Eating Now, my daughter, Ella, ate enchiladas at someone else's house. And she was like, Mom, enchiladas are really good. Will you please make them? I made beef ones once, and she loved it. Then I made the mistake of making chicken ones, but with red enchilada sauce. And she was like, I'm not having this. This week, she was with me when I meal planned. And I was like, I think I want to do like a black bean and veggie enchilada. How does that sound to you? And she was like, that sounds great. We pulled up a recipe from, is it Cookie and Kate? And she was like, yeah, this looks good. Well, I was like, oh, I'll add more heft to them and do like some roasted sweet potatoes as one of the veggies. And apparently that was a deal breaker for Ella. So she like unfurled her enchiladas and ate the outside and the black beans only. I did think they were very good. You messed up, mom. I would make them again. But I won't. I'll do like corn instead of the sweet potato. Yeah, you totally messed that one up. Oh, God, Megan. <laughs> I know you're disappointed on me in me on many levels. I am. I'm worried that you're going to ask me if I made homemade enchilada sauce, which I did not. <laughs> I was not going to ask. I was just trying to like really live in that teenage energy. Yes. I And then I just did from frozen microwave corn with butter and mix that like with some salt and a little taco seasoning for our side. And we had diced avocado. So there was that. Listen, sounds delicious to me, but you're not my mom. <laughs> I would eat it again. I really enjoyed it. Leftovers well, were here's great. The real question. Let's be honest. So here's the real question. You liked it. You would make it again. But she turned her nose up at it. So will you actually make it again? Yes, because she was like, I would eat this if it wasn't sweet potatoes. She was like, if you did corn. Right. But you wouldn't make it that way again with no. the sweet potato. No. Right. Because so, like, what's the point? This is this is the lot 
of us. <laughs> like This yes. is a lot in life, right? That we make things, they're good. We've put time and energy. We think it's tasty. We would like to eat it again, but like it's just not worth the time and energy when one kid won't eat it, right? Yes, especially when you're like trying to delight that one kid. Like mm. I think there's some part of my meal planning where I'm like, oh, Emmett will like this. Yes. Ella totally. will like this. This will be a meal that is mostly for me and the kids might complain. Yeah. Like even if it's not her sitting next to me meal planning and agreeing to something, I do that probably do every week. That's so interesting that we've never talked about that. Because I definitely try to do that as well. It's one of those things that when we've been in picky seasons, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, we're having this tonight because Emmett likes it. But tomorrow night we're having enchiladas because you like enchiladas. Um, And not for nothing, Emmett does also like enchiladas. So I just want to say one thing before we move on to your third dish, which is that you've been burned by Ella and enchiladas several (laughs) times now. And I hope from this point forward, you know exactly the kind of enchilada she wants. I don't. And I just have do not that. learned. I need you to know <laughs> I have not learned that. my lesson. I will Please. continue to be burned by Ella. <laughs> and I am that. fine with that. <laughs> okay. What else did you eat this week? I made sesame ginger tofu and veggie stir fry. And no one is going to be surprised that <laughs> it was another crispy tofu recipe. Tell us how you made it. Okay. So I pulled up this recipe from Little Spice Jar as like sort of inspo for it. But then I forgot that Emmett doesn't really like sesame seeds like on his food. So it Mm. has to be a garnish at the end. This recipe uses green beans and baby carrots. But then when it came to the night of cooking this, I was like, oh, I have a handful of other things that need to be used up. So I just did my normal – I. Tear, the I tofu. Use, uh, yeah, tear the tofu, toss it in cornstarch, and pan fry it in a little bit of oil. And then I took, like, when all the tofu was cooked and it's draining on a paper towel, I took a little bit of oil that was left and stir-fried onions, carrots, broccoli, some snap peas, and then made sort of like uh, an, an I want to say an orange sauce, but, like, the ap- I used apricot, ginger, garlic, apricot jam, ginger, garlic, a little soy sauce, a tiny bit of sesame oil, and just like let that cook until it thickened in the pan and then toss the tofu back Sounds in delicious. the pan, served it over rice. Uh, this is again three of the four of us because Ella is in a season where rice is not an option for her. So she had box mac and cheese that she did make herself and then the tofu and stir fry veggies on the side. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. But that seems like a weird, to me, that's so weird. Mac and I cheese. Mean, the flavor and... combination? Y- yes. I think that'll be weird to many people listening. <laughs> but like, I'm saying, oh, like that, because like that, I mean, great. She great. ate some of what you cooked. She got some mac and cheese. Like it all worked. Everybody she wins. And, and then there were leftovers for her of the mac and cheese for her lunchbox. Awesome. Like check, check. I think sometimes that like, oh, making something extra for the more selective eater in your family gets a bad rap. It can be useful in encouraging them to feed themselves. And then that, the like boon of leftovers that you can use in other ways too. Yeah, I think it has to do a lot with labor and just how, I think it has to do with more than that, actually. I think we need a picky eating 
it's time. We haven't talked about it in a yeah. minute. And I and there's so much that I'm learning and unlearning again in having a preteen. And I think I've talked a lot about it in what we're cooking and eating now episodes, but we haven't like really done a whole episode. Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year, too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like an early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enough about me and what I am <laughs> never cooking and eating. We could hear you talk. Forever. You are still in a transition. I we am. thought by now you would be back in the Brooklyn house. I am, but you're also a little bit. I am. I mean, I live yeah. in my house in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's just there's no kitchen <laughs> at all. So it's still went, transition. So it is a transition. I'm back home. It just was becoming. Crazy, uncomfortable, and expensive to be in a rental apartment. So we sat down with our contractor and we were like, we know it's still a construction zone. And guess what? We're moving back. Yay. (laughs) So, you know, it's changing day by day. 
the latest is that uh, like the week before Thanksgiving is the deadline that I think is realistic. But, you know, who knows? A lot of the stuff that happened was unexpected engineering stuff that has been dealt with. So the timeline is much more predictable now. And this is a contractor we've worked with before who we actually love. No one gets to say that, but we do. So there's about a four week span that we're going to be in the house where there are two like barriers that we have to zip through. It's like we're in contagion. We like zip through, walk up one flight of stairs, zip in to the next and to get to the second floor. The second and third floors are clean, done, no construction. Nothing was being done on them anyway, but they are like clean and protected. And that's our bedrooms. And we have two TVs and like everybody can be in their own space. But there's no kitchen. We do have a garden rental apartment that we haven't rented out since before COVID for obvious reasons. There is a kitchen there. Wonderful. Full kitchen. It's also been cleaned. (laughs) We have to zip, go down the stairs, zip, and then go out the front door and around to the apartment's separate entrance because there's too much work being done on the stair, the internal staircase that goes between our space and the rental space. So it's like mealtime, like everybody now, like let's go through this process, let's go downstairs into the kitchen, eat, and then let's go back up. It's just really not easy to be moving through the spaces. And so we have a little makeshift, like I keep a garbage can, like a big garbage can on the second floor. I keep Pop-Tarts, Little Bites, like a stock of non-perishable snacks there. Um, Like in the laundry room? That's where I picture you're staging everything. Okay. Totally. And then uh, everybody has a big water bottle that they have to keep in their room because we drink tap water in New York. So it's easy to refill. But there's no like easy access to a refrigerator or anywhere to cook. So when I do cook, it's it's possible, but it's just been it's still it's still a challenge. But, you know, champagne problems. Most of the cooking that I've done has been when we've been able to steal away to our place upstate. So one of the things that I cooked that was like, I was so excited because I traveled to Greece with my mom. I went to Icaria, which is considered a blue zone. I think there's a lot of BS around the blue zone narrative, but it is interesting. I mean, it is a fact. It's a conversation that's happening. So it's very worth mentioning. I have to just tell you, I'm going to do a little shout out for my Icarian people out there that it is a big it has been a conversation ongoing diane kohilis is a greek american journalist who has roots in ikaria and has been talking about this for a very long time because she has family on ikaria she spent every summer there she has lived there full time she lives between athens and ikaria now and Scientists have known for a very long time that people on ikaria are among the longest living people on the planet and they're like I think six other hotspots, like one in Japan, one in North America. Okay. But the conversation is back on because a white dude has made a deal with Netflix and made a documentary about it and is now, and I share this perspective because I spoke with Diane and I spoke with Ikarians who are like, he is 
starting a store where you can buy food ingredients from all the different blue zones around the country that are, you know, local ingredients made by local people who are, you know, of course they're profiting. He has to buy from them, but they don't control the price of what it's sold to the public. So I don't know. The whole thing is a little bit, leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth right now. Yeah. With the blue zone thing. I have a lot more to say about it. So might have to be either an uncut gem in our community or a bonus episode. But how does going to Greece relate to cooking up steak? So I did all this cooking with Diane. And then I came back to New York and it was like not possible to like practice and put it all into play and cook it for my family. And it's been so frustrating. One of the things I learned how to make is called sufiko, which is a dish I had never heard of before. From the part of Greece my family's from, we call a vegetable stew, a stewed vegetables, even if you bake them, briam, which is I think a word that might be used, some version of it, like also in Turkey, maybe in some parts of the Middle East. I'm not sure. But I know in Turkey and in Greece, you can get briam. Uh, Sufiko is specific to Ikaria, but it's the same basic idea. And it is so freaking delicious. So one of the things that I remembered that I had completely forgotten is that my grandmother used to make tomato sauces by grating a fresh tomato on her cheese grater, the box grater, at least in the summer when tomatoes were good. And we made a lot of dishes like this when I was in Ikaria. And, you know, it's early fall here. There are still some like late harvest tomatoes. And you just literally take the tomato and grate it on the coarse end of your box grater and you get all this pulp. And I just, I kind of, this is not Diane's recipe, but I just sauteed onion and leeks because it's leek season with a lot of olive oil. A lot of olive oil is what I remembered about Greek cooking. I use it a lot at home too, but like when I was in Ikaria, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like all the other people in the class were like, holy moly. And I was like, oh yeah, that is how my grandmother used to cook. Like you'd have a huge jug of it. It's like glug, 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 glug. And then you put in the tomato pulp and that's it, like salt. And you let that cook down into a sauce. In the meantime, this works best with convection. Uh, You would slice about a quarter inch thick, some sort of tender like Yukon gold potatoes where you don't have to peel them. Eggplant, zucchini, a traditional sufiko also has uh, peppers, like bell peppers. I skipped those because they're not my favorite. But you slice them all at the same thickness. You put them, you just brush them lightly with olive oil, sprinkle with salt, put them in the convection oven until they get cooked through. Just tender, but the potatoes are starting to get a little bit crisp at the end. And then you take a baking dish, you drizzle olive oil, you take some of that sauce, just like a ladleful, kind of the way you would do with a lasagna, right? You just want to cover the bottom of the baking dish. And then you start layering the vegetables. But the interesting thing is that you also press them down between each layer. Mm. So you start with potatoes because they are the sturdiest, then a layer of eggplant above that, then a layer of zucchini, then some more sauce. Then I just took a piece of parchment paper and press, 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 press down so it compresses really nice. And you just keep doing that. It's not unlike ratatouille. It's, you know, it's just basically like a late summer, early fall vegetable dish. You drizzle with olive oil, you put it into the oven and you bake it. And it's so delicious. And such a great reminder that sometimes just olive oil, salt, 
some tomato, a lot of onion really can make such a delicious palate. It was so good. What did you serve it with, though? We're all dying to know, especially because we know how your boys are like, I need multiple things on the plate. So Isaac was not with us when I made this, which actually, I have to tell you, makes things a little bit easier in a way that kind of surprised me. Okay. Oliver is like a lot more game and right now a lot more into vegetables. So since I had grated all this tomato, when I cooked the onion and leek and olive oil and added the tomato pulp, I cooked more than I needed used some of the sauce, like three quarters of the sauce for the sufico, and then used the re- remaining sauce to stew some green beans mm. with a lot of more olive oil and then a lot of garlic, sliced garlic. So we had the sufico, which was vegetable. We had the stewed green beans and we had roasted sausage. And it was, Yum. that was it. And it was so good. And Oliver ate everything and was happy was fine with most of his plate being vegetables, except for the eggplant, which he like very meticulously, which was ridiculous given how pressed it was. Like he had to go digging (laughs) to pull out the eggplant. It's like Ella and the sweet potato. It's so annoying. Okay, I do have a question on all this olive oil. Do you have a favorite (laughs) brand of olive oil that you're into right now? That's a really great question. I've been wanting to go to the Greek store because I do want to, I remembered that my grandmother used to get like a big tin. Yeah. Right. And then she would refill a little like jar or whatever that she a kept cruette. on her. Yes, exactly. A cruette that she would keep on her like stove. I use Frantoya just because it's a nice olive oil that is also easily accessible in New York City. Like I can get it at Fresh Direct, basically. But it is expensive to use for cooking. That much. Yeah. yeah. And so when I'm starting to use this much, I was like, oh, I need a new solution. Okay. So Solush. I don't have an answer. Solution. <laughs> what else? Okay. Well, so we'll be on a quest, I think, about olive oil. Because I've been into the like California ranch olive oil for just so long. And it's not anything special or interesting or dynamic. And I just feel like I need a little something, something else. But what else What else have you been cooking upstate? Okay. So that was what I cooked upstate. Then, because the like leftovers gave us a lot. And then we went to get like cider donuts and burgers at our favorite burger place. Because we're not, you know, we've been missing our summer vibes. Then I brought home extra sausage, zucchini, and potato that I hadn't used while I was up here. And I just basically made a pan saute one night because I was still in the rental apartment at that point. So it was literally just sliced zucchini, sliced potato, sliced sausage, all sauteed. I had some leftover basil that I had purchased when I was in the country, and I just chopped up the basil, and I had a jar of Rayo's sun-dried tomato pesto. Mm. We talked recently about how we don't love the Rayo's green basil pesto. Right. The sun-dried tomato pesto I liked a little bit more. Have you tried it? I haven't. It was my first time trying it. I would try it. I would buy it again. It was nice. And then uh, that was it. Like, on a bed of arugula, I tossed everything Perfect. that was in the pan with some fresh basil chiffonade and then put yeah. a dollop of the pesto on top. My family would be into that. And I sometimes forget how good like a hash or skillet kind of meal can be that's not revolving around pasta. 
Totally. Yeah. Totally. And then the last thing I made, this was when I was still in the apartment rental kitchen. I had the fresh packed chicken meatballs that I talk about a lot from Trader Joe's. They're not, I like that they're not like flavored with oregano or they don't have a specific flavor. Yeah, specific flavor profile. So you can use them in lots of different ways. Although this time I used them in an Italian application, Italian-ish. Uh, I warmed them up in a jar of Rayo's. I bought some Italian bread, some fresh mozzarella. I basically made meatball subs um didn't have an oven at the time so like i didn't even melt the mozzarella <laughs> like get to broil it but i i toasted the bread and then i laid the mozzarella down on the bread first and put the hot meatballs on top so that it's kind of a mediocre job i think it was a really great meal if i had just had an oven to kind of like toast it and really finish yeah, it off sometimes it just needs that little bit yeah that was it but like meatball subs and a spinach salad with some zesty Italian dressing that I had purchased for something else, some other shortcut meal that I just needed to use up. I would eat a meatball sub right now. Ooh, I mean, that sounds so good. good. <laughs> My kids loved it. They were very happy with it. Amazing. Well, you know where everyone can go get the links to we my very specific like modern proper cookie and cake little spice jar links and then some inspo from Stacy is in our free community. If you haven't joined us there, why not? Join for free at jennaijustfeedyou.com. Or um, if you want bonus episodes and other goodies like our ad-free stream, join our supporting community. You can also follow us on Instagram where we are at you. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I am Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed, friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.